0: Welcome to Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak, where we explore the tools and tactics that drive improvement. If you're hungry for more and better, if you want to move past hype and discuss how, you're in the right place. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine. Today, my guest is one of my close friends and one of the most epic adventure guys I know, Brandon Heideman. Brandon is a Colorado native currently living in Atlanta, Georgia. I may have had a small hand in helping encourage that. Uh, He founded a nonprofit named Royal, which was originally known as Our Generation Ministries in 2005, through which he conducted church services at local, national, and world championship motocross and mountain bike races. Sidebar: He didn't put this in his bio, but I can't resist saying he used to be a pro motocross guy himself. That's how he got into that. Now in 2018, God led Brandon to West Virginia to launch Camp Royal, the world's first faith-based action sports summer camp. And it is epic. My kids have been multiple summers and uh, I've been a part of that whole story. It's been awesome. Camp Royal is a place where kids age 7 to 17 come to learn from pro athletes in mountain biking, BMX, skateboarding, scootering. Action sports is the vehicle, but they are united by one mission, waking up the next generation of kids to know their true identity in Jesus. You can find out more about them at their website, weareroyal.com, and I'll put the links to their Facebook and Instagram pages in the show notes. Man, you're going to love this trip as I get together with my buddy Brandon and talk about what we've learned building high trust relationships. Brandon, I am so excited to hang with you again. Uh, we get to do this a bunch for a variety of different things, but
1: I don't know that we have recorded one of our conversations before, so this will be fun, man. We haven't. Now that we're going to listen to our conversation, I think that we think we're just amazing when we get off to our conversations all charged up and be like man we can take over the world and we're going to listen to this and be like we're dorks but that was fun. <laughs> well at the very least it'll be uh entertaining i think for others and how about this
0: it'll be a good historical record of the kind of crazy stuff we get into which Absolutely. We have done some crazy fun things together, man. It's been a ride. We've been all over the world, man. It's been uh, yeah. multiple countries, multiple climates. We've had some blasts, dude. I can't, can't count the number of times you and I have been doing something epic, um, whether snowmobiling or kite surfing in the Virgin Islands, where we've been like able to look over at each other and say with massive sarcasm, like, listen, man, I just want you to know that your sacrifices are going to pay off someday. God <laughs> sees, I see, like, it's okay. someday, someday this will all pay off. Uh, yeah, someone's gonna do it. I guess it'll be us. <laughs> you it's stuff. <know>? It's <laughs> tough. So people are probably wondering what the smack. Are we just part of like a uh, an, an action sports men's club? Right. We get together and go do stupid things. Um, not exactly. What's been cool about this is what you and I have done. What we've kind of done is leverage the stuff God's done in our lives, but really to build high trust relationships it's been, it's been the key. In fact, the reason we did all this crazy stuff is because we were doing fundraising for the ministry and children's work that you've been a part of, which, you know, gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to other folks in their programs, their nonprofits, and they're like, yeah, so what's your fundraising strategy? You guys seem to have figured something out like, mm, hella skiing. I mean, it's really, it's a, uh, oh yeah. Like, is this is the most wasteful program ever as we go hella skiing and call it fundraising? Like, how did that become the idea, man?
1: Yeah, this, I mean, it, it's so funny to think about how we take our lives and work, everything so serious, especially a lot of the Christian circles. There's just this undertone of a belief that having money is bad. Mm-hmm. Having fun is is bad if you do it too much. And I just think about our father. And how much fun he has, and how he's like, I don't have any lack. But if you start getting distracted by that stuff, now we got a problem. Yeah. But, you know, the conversation about building high trust relationships, this was what six years ago that we were on the phone. Six years ago, been around. Maybe seven by now. And we're like, hey, I remember saying to you, I said, hey, I, I feel like I keep entering into other people's world when it comes to fundraising. And, I don't ha- I have an hour I put on a suit, try to look their part. And it's all about an ask. And I said, I don't like any of this. Yeah. And so, what if we were to bring them into our world, the guys and the, and the girls that we find that want to, or have potential of wanting to jump into this, this mission with us. What if we were to just bond with them through an experience and really get to know them and then not make an ask let's share what the organization is about, but say, Hey, if you have a piece of this puzzle, mm-hmm. let's throw it in there. Look at the bigger picture we can make together, you know? And I have loved those trips. I've had a lot of people, friends of mine that run other organizations that say, Hey, can you show me how mm-hmm. you guys raise money by going heli skiing or kites <laughs> or racing Baja trucks in Cabo? Like, you know, that's not all that we do, unfortunately, but <laughs> sadly, there are a few other tactical <laughs> things,
0: but, but no, but here's what I love about this and why I first got excited about it. And so, so graciously volunteered to help you do these, mm-hmm. uh, it was a <laughs> sacrifice, right. Is because. The bet was on the relationships, right? I mean, it's crazy. How do you raise money without making an ask? That's not to say that there's no point at which you let people know of needs. You have not because you ask not, right? Like you got to make an ask at some point. But an ask to a friend is very different than I just met you so that I can ask. And so, what I think the big aha for me when we were talking about this was wait, it's probably context for people who are listening, don't know. What do you do? Well, um, there's a whole group of, of ministries that Royal does that serves the world. But but one of the big ones, and especially at the time we were trying to launch the, the chapter, the, the division in Royal that we were launching was the action sports camp, right? Mm-hmm. Summer camps. Yeah. And you would come out of the action sports world. And so doing these, even like competition and events for wakeboard and snowboard and BMX and all this fun stuff that you guys had done, you're out there doing it. And it was like, wait a minute, this is what we do for the kids. But hey, when it comes to kind of key donors or athletes or speakers, people that we want to connect with, we would be like, no, put all that in a box. You know, let's put on our corporate suit and let's go meet them to ask them something. It's like, wait, what if we do camp for these guys, right? Like,
1: what if we
0: switch from going to get something to them to saying, how can we give something to you? Which the crazy part about this that I've loved is you guys have really funded it. Like you said, no, it just pay for your travel. We just want to serve you, man. there's no, We're not even going to try to make a buck off the event. We will lose a little money on the event. We will go to a place and you've done it smart, right? We have friends' houses. We've, we've stayed in their lodge. And people have been very generous with their time and equipment. That was a buddy who let us use his sleds for snowmobiling. So try to be smart about it. But at the same time, it's like, how do we provide little mini camp experience? And, and this is the shift, the bet was this, if we would invest in relationships and just truly pour into these people, not all of them will turn into donors, not all of them will turn into athletes that come to the events or do things like that, but we'll just pour into their lives and enough of them at the right time will say, hey, this is something I actually am called to. This is a passion of mine that I was gonna be a part of anyway, and might as well run with you together. And, and that, yeah. I mean, I will just say that I think that's paid off, man. I think it's, it wasn't just a sacrifice and we did good things and then nothing came of it. There's been some really beautiful things come out of that.
1: It's funny because I've had this comment before because people see a highlight reel of your life. They don't see all the details. Mm-hmm. There's been conversation about, so it seems like you just travel around and have a lot of fun and just go on these adventures and just tell me how that helps the organization or are you being irresponsible? Mm. And what's so funny about it is, as I've said, you know, this is where fundraising to me, I I used to really not like it. I Mm. did not enjoy it. I felt like I was always the guy that wanted or needed something from people. And then I prayed a lot about this. And as we were coming up with this idea, you and I, it just became clear that this isn't fundraising. This is, relationship raising this is mm-hmm. uh creating bonds with people and pouring into them a high trust relationship has to start with you just being authentic you being yourself and not seeing someone else as means to an end because if we're offering value then whether it's a good fit or not that was a that was an opportunity to pour into them but on the back end i had a friend that that we both know very well come on this trip with us this spring in Mexico. And he, he said, you know, I had this kind of picture of you doing a lot of these trips and it didn't seem like it really made sense. But now that I've experienced that and how much God did on that trip and how much value was offered to the guys, when you get a group of 15 to 20 guys Mm -hmm. and they're high powered just take over the world kind of guys, And they're crying around the dinner table because of the vulnerability of each other's story of having a second to pause and to be seen and not someone that they're wanting something from. Mm -hmm. I think it takes a day or two for that edge that, okay, when, when's the shoe going to drop? When are you going to like, Is this a bait and switch thing. (laughs) And then towards the end of the trip, we're like, awesome. Great. Spend the time with you guys. Let's stay in touch. If God's inviting you into this, that's the difference. Instead of asking, Mm -hmm. it's like, how can I offer value and then invite someone into this story? Because God really clearly told me, he's like, Brandon, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not as important as you thought you were with this whole mission. This wasn't your idea. I am the one that invited you. And so when you feel like you have to ask people for money to get my idea done, you're kind of seeing it wrong. So how about you invite people and it actually becomes a vetting process in itself because there are certain people you want to run with. Yes, And there are certain people I've turned down quite a few different times. I've turned down offers for donations because I knew that it wouldn't be a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't align with what our heart was about. And so it's attractive to people to buy something rather than be sold. Yes. Yes. No one wants to be sold. No one wants to buy so
0: good. And I I think there's a certain um, respect for other people and their decisions, right? Like if this legitimately something that is meaningful to them, then they're, it's a gift to them to get involved. And if it's not, there's no amount of like sneaky sales tricks that I'm going to use to pull this off. And I got to tell you, this resonates. This is a lot of how I do my business sales as well. I mean, we do this consulting stuff, right? High-end long-term relationships. Like, you know, it's not uh, I'm not, I'm not selling a million little, you know, $10 plastic units. It's a, uh, it's a deep relational thing. And in the process of that, man, it, it, yeah, there's a lot of temptation to be like, Hey, you gotta push them and pressure them, and fear is actually uh, touted as a really powerful way. Get them, get them highly aware of all the problems they're facing and how terrible it's going to be, and the doom coming to their organization. And then I can save the day, right? And I just have gone the other direction and said super low pressure, super high trust relationship focus to say, "Hey, how do I pour into you?" I have actually told, gosh, at least twenty times in the last three months. People who are looking into our stuff going, you know, you shouldn't do anything with us yet. You need to get this done and that thing figured out. And like, if you throw us onto the pile and you've already got three other big changes, it's not going to work, man. Like let's talk again mm-hmm. in 2023 next year, right? Let's, let's come in and, and talk about when we, so I'm, I'm very much, if I remember hearing one guy say this, um, he's Gary Keller of Keller Williams actually said this, he said, man, all sales is actually helping people make good decisions. Now, it may be that the good decision is I should do something with you. But if the best decision for them is not to do something with you, then the trust you build by helping them make a good decision, that is far more valuable than, than like trying to get a sale in the moment. So yeah, I, I, again, I, I've done this with you and I've seen it work for people choosing what ministry and causes to get involved in. Man, I've done it for myself when it's like, hey, let's talk about whether you should have us come out and work with your team for six months. Listen, if you bet on the relationship, they don't all turn out to work with you, but it turns out that the ones who you didn't want to do that, they probably shouldn't have worked with you anyway. Then the ones that really sink are like, oh man, those are the right ones. I, like, It works. Okay. So how, how do you do that? Because I have seen you do this, this is where I want to drill in, like got it, seen it work. Glad to be a part of it. How? How do you take a group of guys, many who've never met each other, right? There might be, like, I know this guy, and you bring a guy, and another, and maybe you and I know everybody, but they mostly don't know who each other are when they come on these trips, which I just realized we haven't said the name of the trip. It's hilarious. I love the name. So tell us what we've decided to name our trips. The annual
1: once-in-a-lifetime trip. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on making that biannual because... The guy that I was talking about that said after he saw the fruit of, of what came from that last trip, he's like, you need to do this. This is like all you need to be focused on because mm-hmm. this is what's moving the needle with Royal, not and Royals, the name of our organization for anyone's wondering there, but you don't need to be focused on other things. If you have the right players in the game, because this is where the traction happens, not just financially, which it does. This has been sure. our most efficient way to get funding is because again, it's not about the funding. Yeah. Cause sometimes the guys have shown up with things like, Hey, I'm going to show up and do
0: some, uh, yeah, we got this famous cartoonist, right? The guy who did Nickelodeon shows comes says, I'm going to show up and do some art with your kids and tap into, to the other side of the coin. Or, or somebody will say, dude, I know a guy and introduce you to somebody that opens a whole new property up for you. I mean, Really cool stuff that it's, it's again, it's not about just ask if you,
1: if all we did was make money asks, we'd have missed all those things. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what's, what's crazy about this is this is the foundation of what God values. Mm. He's like, if you, if you'll love each other well, and, and you'll pour into relationships for which you can offer, I think Zig Ziglar said it he said, if you help the people around you get what they want, you'll have everything that you want. Yeah. And it's kind of a mind shift where you can't hide one hand and not let your other hand know what you're doing. You can't have a dualistic mind here. Like, Hey, you know, you yeah. got that battle going on like a bait and switch or I'm trying to sell. No, young- this has to be real that it this
0: really doesn't work. If you're, you're pretending to serve them until you can, then finally make the ask you've been waiting around for. I mean, I think you're right. When we talk about these events, there is a, a small set, at least every time I've experienced that are kind of holding off to the last day. Like when's the ass coming? When's the ass coming? And like, I I think in two vivid times where a guy's like, listen, I, I haven't actually talked about what's really going on in my life. And it's the final night, you know, three nights in three and a half days into it. We've only got the morning left and finally they open up and it's like, that's the real stuff. And we're like, yeah, no, the evening's over. There's no ask it's midnight. Right. And now the guy says. Well, let me talk about the real things in my life and like huge things from, from my marriages in crisis to, I really got to totally rethink my career stuff that they haven't been able to talk to anyone else about. And again, I think it's, it's because they kept waiting for the, the fake thing and like, no, this, we just legitimately want to pour into you. That's it. We figure it'll all work out down the road. And that, that heart is a big part of it. I would say there's also some tactics. So I started this and then got off on the tangent, Right. How, how do you take a bunch of guys who don't know each other and in three, four days go from like random dudes who tend to be the alpha male, right? Who want to kind of puff up and there can be only one to like, how do we get those guys to be willing to talk about the real stuff? Let's unpack a little. I don't know if I've ever asked you about the, your, your strategy on this
1: side. Well, it's fun because you and I have uh, danced really well with this without ever describing what I was going to say,
0: but we never named this. This would be interesting.
1: So the things that I know that I look for each time and I watch you do some very similar things is, for example, when everybody gets around each other, they all want to, it's just a guy's tendency to be like, oh, what do you do for work Mm -hmm. or how, you know, how important or how influential are you? And we'll say it in other ways, but the first day, no one's, uh, we'll get around a dinner table and say, Hey guys, we're going to introduce who we are. And the only challenge is you can't say anything about what you do for work, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know? So who are you? And instead of what do you do, And then the next day, we're allowed to talk because then it's just weird. If we're like, well, (laughs) exactly the secret, I can't tell you, right? Uh, And and stating it up front, I think being clear is kind. Yes, there's an invitation, but there will not be an ask. There will not be. So, forecasting, helping them know what's coming is really helpful. But then again, clear is kind is a really good thing.
0: I'll throw one other thing on the pile. So, they're like, well, what do we do to connect? Well, we also, provide some sort of crazy, cool activity, right? We do something that's once in a lifetime oriented and it might be like, you know, getting on the number one golf course in Latin America or something as crazy as, uh, let's, you know, get on a helicopter and go to the top of that mountain and ski down it. Right. So the thing though, as I find is if you, if you've got a third thing, like an activity, that's not us, right. There's us. And then there's this activity for us to do together What we found is the day we kick off with our activity and then we spend the afternoon evening just kind of processing and man, the bonding accelerates like crazy. If you've done an experience together, so some sort of shared experience, something unique, especially if it's something that kind of gets people, um, outside of their comfort zone a little bit, uh, again, whether that comfort zone requires you to jump out of a helicopter or do something, maybe (laughs) a little less tame, yeah, I think that that's a big part of the the journey is we do something fun together and then we say, let's connect, but not around what do you do first? And then eventually all that comes out. But it, that that combination of like, let's play. I mean, play is so underrated, man.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, variants that you're talking about moving around, being inside, nice meal, seeing each other and going out and. Pushing each other. This is why we love the model of camping and our our action sports summer camp is very, very effective in this way. That when you're pushing the limits or trying new things with other people, and there's joy and there's some fear or there's risk, you know, all of that. I love the book. Oh man, Jim Wilder. He says in his book "Renovated" that it creates attachment love. Mm. Attachment love is what we are created for. Like God created us so that we would have an attachment bond, attachment love with him. The other word is agape love is the same concept. Yeah, the, it's, the uh, Greek word for love that they used to talk about God in the Bible. Yeah. 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 And so that's this bond that we were really created for because our deepest desire is to be seen and known and loved. Mm. And so the tactical point of these trips is to use the variances inside, outside, moving, sitting still, pushing yourself, getting scared, having other guys learn with you. Those things are brilliant. And just the neurological pathways, the ways that you're scientifically made, how you attach to other people, Mm -hmm. it comes through these experiences of emotion and outside your comfort zone, unknowns, And then when you can work together, that's why a lot of team building exercises are so effective when you go out and you're like, hey, we all have to cross this creek and uh, we don't have any ropes or anything. So we're going to figure it out. You know, that's beautiful. And so that's these trips are very intentionally designed, but it's got to be authentic. You know, it's saying we want to see each other. We want to know each other. We want to experience these things together and let's talk about our identity who are we let's talk about the fears we have as men like what are our insecurities let's get real yeah. you know and which okay i say that brings up another thing that i think is why this works
0: and, and continues to go well is I, i've learned if you want people to open up and be authentic then you don't sit around hoping they do it you go yeah. first right like yeah. you you invite them after you've gone there. And it's one of the things I think I've seen you in particular do really well is just get real, right? Like don't put on the fancy religious talk and like, you know, maybe drop a little colorful language. If the moment is intense and say, listen, like this is stuff I'm really dealing with and here's what's glorious. And here's the crap I don't get. And, and just to kind of put it all on the table, in a respectful way. Right. But, but to be real. And then, then what, so we've got a group of guys, we've done something fun. We've risked together. We've had some emotional experiences together. Um, food, food's not a small thing. Humans, I think bond over food. And then we create space where we open up. And I, I think it's interesting to call out, we've been careful to not overly structure those open times, right? You've, you've have a couple of moments where we'll say, Hey guys, I need to frame what we're about or, Hey guys, let's talk about the puzzle pieces, but these are like 15, 20 minutes tops. And then we'll spend the whole evening. Like what's the agenda for the evening? There's the food. Here's the chairs. We're sitting on the porch. The agenda for the evening is for you guys just to talk. And that balance I think has been really key is that we have enough boundaries, right? That what are we going to talk about is, is not this stuff. It's this stuff but then it's not controlled. It's not structured. It's, it's very deliberately left open and magic happens, you know, post midnight, a guy will bring something up and it's like, dang, this is the most powerful thing we've talked about all day. And it's only because we've been sitting here for the last three hours that it finally got there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you can scare a bunch of guys, if you can make them cry, if you can eat good food, and you have a big mission. We all can jump in and, and lock arms where I, I mean, that's my kind of trip. Let's go. Dude. When, and Okay. Let's be clear. <laughs> Part of why this works is because this, who you are, man.
0: Right. Like, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't, what I wouldn't say is anyone listening is like, dude, the key to all fundraising is all you need to get into hella skiing. Well, uh, <laughs> like, listen, my wife who, you know, you know, Rachel, well love her. Mm-hmm. Right. She, mm-hmm. she loves to ski with the family, but hella skiing. She's already been like, no, you guys can pretty much do that one without me. Um, <laughs> this would not be authentic to her, right? She's got some other stuff where she can have deep conversations. She, I mean, you know, she could get into some of her passions, which are beautiful and lovely and not, you know, how physically dangerous can I get? But that, mm-hmm. that is your story, right? And where you come from involves this I mean, as a pro motocross guy, jumping stuff and, and pushing the boundaries it's, it's yep. kind of, I relate to this as well. So I kind of my heart too, like I feel most alive when I'm out on the edge, trying to unknown stuff. And so I think part of why that works is because what happens is not only do we have more fun, but you're being authentic, right? Really what you're doing is saying instead of going into their world and putting on a suit and trying to pretend like, dude, this is me. This is what God invited me to. Do you want to come on these kind of adventures? Do you want to use these kind of tools to impact kids lives or the other ministries that you're doing? Like, it's it's so I guess the challenge is to find out where you're most alive and find people who might also be alive doing that kind of stuff and say how do I pour into them using what God's put into me how he's kind of the story he's given me and the the crap the skills and the relationships and then you just invite people into your authentic self and I think so many people are trying to to look like like the other more successful people right copy their activity and they miss the the idea underneath it
1: That's so good. Yeah. And man, to be willing to, to get outside your comfort zone, but stay in your authentic, true self. No. And honestly, that might be more scary than going and pretending to be, it's more
0: risky, right? Like I'm going to really put my whole heart out there and be real in front of these people. Um, I mean, I think the temptation is I want a lot of high trust relationships without having to risk anything. Right. Like how do I do this safely? Because man, where this is not the point of today's conversation, but you and I both have talked about people in our lives who we thought were on mission with us and doing mm. like in our organizations and doing things, and and it didn't work, and they didn't want to be on mission, and the heartbreak still to this day, folks. That I'm like, man, why why wouldn't you still want to come hang with me? What happened? Will you ever mm. even tell me why you just suddenly betrayed us and bailed? And so, not mm. to say that people leaving is a betrayal. They were. I'm not getting into the details, right? But there's some active betrayal, money stolen, that kind of stuff. So I say all that to be like, this is not zero risk. This isn't the safest path to to building relationships and fundraising. There are are easier ways to do this. Ones with faster return. I mean, I think the other nuance here is this is a long game. Absolutely. Cool things that have come out of this usually didn't happen in the next three months. It's like we made a relationship and then we poured into that relationship and we stayed friends and a year or two or three later, they were like, you know, there's this thing and here's a property and all this wonderful stuff. But there wasn't a like, dude, we're only doing this for six months. And if you don't pony up something, right, we're out like it's a legit. So if you don't have that long-term perspective, if you don't even have the, the bandwidth, like logistically time and money wise, I... It's a hard, this isn't a short-term play, right? If you need cash in the next 90 days, don't, don't do the the high trust
1: relationship sales fundraising play. Like it's, you're going to blow a lot of money and have nothing to show for it. You know, what's so funny about this is I'm in the process of hiring a development director. Mm-hmm. And so we're going through all of our strat, you know strategy and structure on fundraising. And it's quite hilarious because what quote unquote, and I do, I understand this and I want us to get here, but the proper foundation is to have a lot of support spread out little bits, a big foundation of a lot of little gifts. That's
0: a very stable play, right? There's no one family that can suddenly change
1: your budget. Right. And so this is, this approach really creates a top heavy situation if you're the only one doing it. So we're actually dealing with strategy and structure to, to hit different levels and different foundational strength pieces. But we have a good chunk of big donors because there's really good relationships Mm -hmm. and those relationships are, they're, they're like family. Now, a lot of these people are legitimately, they feel like my family. I had, who I would very much call one of my moms. Now I have one mom and she'll always be my favorite. That's right. But, That's
0: right.
1: <laughs> she's done all hard work, but <laughs> the, oh man, I was in an Uber 20 minutes ago before this call. And I had a text come through from one of who I would call as one of my moms. Yeah. Bonus mom. Yeah. Supporters. Mm-hmm. And she said, Hey, Love you. Just thinking about you. I hope you're doing all right, and you've been on my mind today. And and we'll just. I love the relationships, and that's the the thing about building high trust relationships. That is so key, and it's so much more than whatever you get to do together. If it's financially with a donor, or if it's anything, the the gold is in the relationship at the end, and you wouldn't trade any of the benefits for that relationship yeah. because that's really it's it's hitting a need that we have so deep inside of us to have that that relationship with other people that you do have that attachment love with and i think that it's very much like we were just at the the last trip we did was actually at our property in west virginia mm-hmm. you know and awesome. the thing that was so heavy on my heart the whole time was just this echo of this saying that Are we looking at God's hands or are we looking at God's eyes? Hmm. You know, and with other people, I think it's the same thing. Are we looking at someone's eyes because we care about who they are or are we looking at what they have in their hands for what they could do? And as soon as you just forget about what are in the, you know, obviously we have to be intentional that there's a filter uh, or a vetting that goes through each of the, the candidates that are thrown in the hat for who we should invite each time to these trips, you know, it's invite only. And there's a reason why everybody is there. And a lot of it has to do with three things, the character their competence. I mean, do they have the means? What's their puzzle piece? Do they have financial means? Do they have network means? Do they have wisdom? Do they have skills like our good friend, the, Cartoonists, there there's things that they have to have to bring to the table, mm-hmm. but then we set those aside and say, "Hey, that's cool. Congratulations, you obviously are successful for a reason, but you're the one that matters." Yeah. And so let's focus on you, and then let's talk. Let's talk strategy and opportunity, and see if there's a a fit down the road. But let's really get to know the person and. I believe that's how we were made. We were made the, I don't want to offend anyone, but the classic used car salesman type, like I'm going to get this deal. I'm going to close this hard. I'm a terrible closer by the way, because <laughs> I just, I don't want to put the pressure on the relationship to ever compromise this piece. Cause I never want someone to think, Oh, cause once you're vulnerable with somebody and you go there, mm. then there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of pain when that, attachment love is broken and you lose that trust. That's right. So the long play is like an apple tree. It's going to produce a ton of apples, but now the scary part is you've got a real relationship and you, you stick with that for life. Yeah. For the season that you're in each
0: other's lives. Right. Right. But the long haul, you stick with it for the long haul. I mean, you said it to me most recently, but the idea is like, listen, life is relationships. And the rest is details.
1: I stole that from my friend Scott, but yeah. Yeah, nice.
0: That's <laughs> yes, right. That's right. That's right. Our mutual friend. I'm like, where did I you said it recently, but yeah, Scott Stixel. Um, that's the jam, man. It is that's the game, and all the other stuff is fun and interesting. But I, I think the way I've said it before, I think I said it on an earlier podcast I was recording on this was um. Was listen, like the ultimate predictor of your the the wealth of your life and wealth in the broad sense of the term, right? The the feel full predictor of how rich and full and meaningful. And yes, whether you'll have money and stuff, like you want to predict where your future wealth is? Well, look at your current relationships. All the best stuff in our lives come through relationships. And I gotta tell you, I've worked with a lot of very successful financially wealthy individuals who have lost their relationships in the process. I mean, mm. they, they push hard for the clothes, they got the money and they lost the relationship and they did that again and again and again, and they are now sitting on a big pile of money all alone and they mm. are miserable. Mm. It is not about the money. I've, I've been around the world and for work and life, sometimes I get to do it with awesome people like you. Sometimes I've been solo, right? And I have to tell you, some of my saddest moments in my life are like standing on the top of this mountain, seeing an epic sunset, and there's nobody around. And like, where's my wife? Where's my buddy? Where's, there's nobody I can talk to about this. And you can try to take a picture with your phone, but it is not the same. Like, check it out. I saw a sunset. Like, oh yeah. Great wow. things that can't be shared suddenly lose their greatness to me. Like the joy is in the sharing of life with my favorite people. Um, So yeah, I, I'm with you, man. The game is relationships and the bonus is all the other
1: stuff we get to do. Um, You just answered the, the lifelong question that everybody's always trying to, to figure out. That is the purpose of life. Mm. That is why we were created. Isn't it? To be in that kind of deep relationship to
0: share these moments. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, when you frame it that way, even sharing painful moments with my friends, like when I look back, there's hard things we've been through and got to the other side. Those become when they're shared, they actually become sweet memories, like bittersweet, sweet. But like those are precious to me. It's in the sharing. It's in the connection. I think I think we're born feeling disconnected and we just wake up with this hunger like who am i royals you guys all talk about your identity it's a big part of the deal but but not just who am i like who, who am i connected to who loves me um these are these are not bonus questions man and we can build that in a way that like this high trust relationship stuff right it makes it makes our day-to-day life better it makes our work life better it i think every aspect of this stuff is is richer and more successful when you can do it with high trust relationships.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it it keeps you aware of blind spots. It keeps you, it's just such a different game. When you're running with people, you've got your pack, you know, And we, one thing that I've, I've struggled with is, Oh, my really good friend, Matt, Matt tells me this all the time. He said, don't, don't go to the pantry. When someone comes to you, and, and this is an analogy, but prepare them a meal. Mm-hmm. Don't go to the pantry. In other words, if you don't have time to make somebody a fresh meal, mm-hmm. it's going to be a disservice if you go grab something, a canned yeah, food. You grab a little and Debbie can. snack and say, hey, thanks for coming over. Here's dinner, right? And, and the analogy is playing at when I'm with you, am I with you? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that... I really love, uh, so my dad, as you know, uh, he died when I was about five. And the um, thing that most people say about my dad, actually the most common thing I hear still about my dad was that when he was with you, he was with you. And you were the only person in the room when he was talking to you. And I've thought about that so much because you can tell when, When somebody's looking at you and they're thinking about something else, you're like, no, why don't you just continue to think about that and come back to me when you're ready? (laughs) You know, this the fun thing about these trips, although we are trying to survive half the time with whatever crazy adventure we're doing. That's fair. I have never seen a group of successful businessmen on their phone less because they're connected with each other and they're seeing something that they really want. All these guys need, a quote unquote, need to be on their phones. All the time, oh, yeah. Because and we're talking multi-billion-dollar,
0: sometimes billion-dollar deals are that they're in the middle of conversations. I remember the last trip we went. There was one of the guys that, on the drive out, was closing a, a multi-billion-dollar merger and acquisition deal. So yeah, there's. I mean, it's like there's real pressure for them to stay connected to all these activities, and then they get a mm-hmm. taste in this real relationship. And it's like when they go all in, it's reciprocated, and you're all here, and I'm all here, and it's powerful, man. It is truly powerful. I have to say that's part of why the extreme sports stuff uh, is so satisfying to me is because it forces me to get out of that boat myself, right? I've got my own version of those deals I'm making. And when you're ripping down a mountain or, uh, you know, tearing up a Baja buggy race, like this is not the time for you to whoop out your phone, right. And, uh, and do an email like, yeah, you, you have some serious consequences if you wipe out right now. So, um, that forced presence for me, it's, it's it takes something that extreme to force me to be all in this moment. It is so healthy and so good. That's why I guess I, I part of why I think I keep coming back.
1: Well, the, the cool thing about that is day two or day three, you start to notice that there's less and less conversation on the phone or, or looking at an email when we're around each other, because everyone's noticing, Hey, You're important and that can wait Mm -hmm. because I only have a little time with you. And I think this is, and this could go into everything being a parent or I've been thinking a lot about this with my team is Mm -hmm. that if I'm constantly working on the organization and doing things that are responsible, but missing the people right in front of me, then a year or five years or 10 years that I've had with some of these people, I, I might've missed half of it. Yeah. And so being really structured with, like we were talking about yesterday, or earlier today, actually, busyness equals laziness. Ooh, yes, that's a C.S. Lewis quote, and I always thought, oh man, if I if I'm busy, there's this badge of honor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there's glory in busy, you know, and I'm starting to realize more and more that that busyness robs the most beautiful most valuable, which is that relationship yeah. because if I'm not uncluttering the little stuff, then I'm going to be swallowed up by things that won't matter near as much as the person that I'm right next to or right in front. Of. And so mm-hmm. getting present, being organized, which takes diligence. So you're not busy and then being able to focus on the relationship key. And that's where the gold really is found. Yeah, the, the discipline to require I mean, that's part of why these trips work is because they're a,
0: a forced break from the routine and a little bit of a discipline. But But we don't have to wait for once, maybe twice a year time to do this. We can do more and more like I, I'm doing it with my kids. Actually, I set a little reminder on my phone to say at least twice a month, I just got to carve everything else, make all my kids get off their devices. And we do something that's just us. We just got back from visiting a friend's lake house over the weekend. And and it's funny because my kids have complained and then said, that's the best part of this lake house is it's, it's out in the boonies uh, and the internet's terrible. Um, um, it's this tiny little area where the, there's yeah. no, no landlines. And you got this very thin, sloppy satellite internet. Um, it's bad. Right. And so they're like, no, we can't do any of our streaming. And that's part of why we have to go. Cause there were a lot of activities. I mean, I, for my family, there was um, two birthday parties that my kids were invited to a play practice and a uh, kind of church worship team event. I mean, all my, all my kids had something, literally one of them had two all going on this weekend It's like, well, and my wife and I talked at least six times. Should we just cancel this? Should we just cancel this? And we almost canceled it. And my kids, I actually went to the kids and they were like, oh, you know what? We need this. We need to get where we don't have devices and internet. We need to get out where we have nothing else to do but play with each other. It's just important. And so we just made it happen and we bowed out of one activity and we had one kid come late and one kid leave early. And, and we did, I mean, I drove all over the Atlanta area trying to make this happen, but we carved out two days. It was a long weekend. So that's part of the extra day. And it was epic, man. Uh, sorry, I say epic. We didn't do anything epic. It was rich and beautiful. Mm-hmm. We tubed. Yes, I tossed my kids off the tube, right? Normal. For me, that's normal. That's not epic. Um, <laughs> no, they got five foot of air in the jumps. Standard tube rides, right? Uh, regular regular stuff. Uh, that's not an exaggeration, by the way. We did hit five. I put all four of the kids on the the giant tube oh and nice launched them it was glorious they were like smacked on top of each other bouncing on bodies coming down off of that landing hey but nobody oh. fell along that time so i say all that to say hmm. the effort required to carve that space out i've been planning this for months we don't get to do that most weekends we're too busy it's just really inconvenient And man, it'll probably, when we look back at these last three months, all the various soccer games and school teams and all the stuff we did, this will probably be the one part that sticks in our memories and that we love most. I mean, I love all those other activities, but man, the effort and discipline to carve time out and not be so busy that we could play a board game and we could sleep in and we could cook steak together. I mean, it was, that's really what we did. And it was great.
1: It was amazing that's so good. I think that that's funny. You say convenient. I've, I forget where I read this, but I read that relationships are not convenient.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I would say they're inefficient, right? Like, uh, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of effort and it's in, they're inconsistent, right? You can't, you never know. Sometimes it's overnight. Sometimes you pour into someone for a year. Um, Teenagers, right? Like sometimes they bond quickly and sometimes they're surly for four years and then they come back and say, you changed my life. I just didn't want to admit it. Right. They're not smooth, (laughs) efficient processes. And yet I don't know anything else that is richer and more meaningful. I don't know anything that isn't better when we take the time, carve away from the busyness, some space to just be fully present with somebody
1: It's the best business move I make. It's the best spiritual move I know to make. It's been awesome, man. You know, if if you really are willing to fight and sacrifice for something, that's going to be probably the most valuable thing that you you have to fight for it. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for being
0: one of my high trust best buddies. It has made my life incredibly
1: better. And I can't wait to see what we get to do next. Yeah. Same to you, Scott. This is... You're one of my very best friends, man. And I love the adventures, but what's cool is the adventure is just an excuse to, to get together and see each Heck yeah. All right. Well, thanks, brother. We will talk more later. I hope you
0: enjoyed this episode of Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on life and leadership, you might want to sign up for my weekly newsletter at com slash upgrade. That's dot com slash upgrade. You'll get a cool quote, a deep thought, and a recommendation for something that I use and love. It's not long and it should be fun. The theme is similar to this podcast, but it's not the same content. And if you're a leader who wants to build a legendary brand, You can check out my company's website to learn how we can help at www.swozconsulting.com. That's S-W-O-Z consulting.com. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right
1: engine.